Pro USA is the home of straight talk and honest answers about everything automotive. And Jerry Reynolds, the car pro, is here to help you. He was in the car business for over 35 years and won USA Today's Dealer of the Year Award twice. So it's not like he's some knucklehead. Radio Hall of Famer Kevin McCarthy is his sidekick, also not a knucklehead. So knuckle down and enjoy Car Pro USA. And we do thank you for joining us today. This is Car Pro USA. I'm Jerry Reynolds, the Car Pro. I have been on the air helping people for over 19 years, giving them straight talk and honest answers about everything automotive, and that's what we're going to do again today as always. And I have a trusty sidekick, believe it or not. His name is Kevin McCarthy. And he enjoys the newsletter that you put together as much as our listeners enjoy it. Some weeks. <laughs> Some weeks. <laughs> this week, I thought it was nice we had the contrast. You know, we, when when you review some of the supercars, the, the really expensive cars, we always get comments. People going, well, why don't you review some mainstream cars that people like me can afford? Well, this week we had the yin and the yang. We did. Amy Yemens. Amy Yemens. <laughs> Amy Clemens had the $260,000 McLaren GT. And it really is a cruiser. It's meant to go out on the highways, not just race around in the yeah. hot spots in town and be cool. And I've had, I've done several McLarens myself, but this one was different. This one's much longer. Much longer. Than any that I've ever And used. the engine's not visible. No, it's there's, not. There's an actual kind of frunk. Yeah, there's Two of a them. frunk and there's a trunk. Yeah. And to along with it, almost equal in clicks was the new Volkswagen Atlas S-E-L Premium R-Line. That yeah. sounds like a really jazzed up Volkswagen Atlas. It is. And it, they're nice. I mean, the, the Atlas has been a great seller. The last one I had was the Cross Sport, which was the same vehicle, except it didn't have a third row seat, but it had a lot of cargo area instead. Has Volkswagen made it back? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, they're, the you know... They wish they could still sell their diesels, but they can't. Uh, Jetta and Passat are both doing well. Tiguan is is coming on like gangbusters, and this Atlas is doing real good. Uh, they've got the all-new ID4 all-electric SUV coming out, and there's been a lot of people interested in that thing. It's sharp. It's, it looks great. Yeah, Volkswagen's back. You know, so many people are making electrics. You, you had the Mustang. You just talked about one there. Everybody's got an electric coming out. It's really going to be interesting to see if they sit on the dealer's lot. Or well, if they, I mean, the Mustang, obviously we're going to see that on the streets. Oh, yeah. But the others that aren't, don't have that cachet, that just have some new name, it'll be interesting. Well, let me just tell you. Yes, sir. A lot of the success of electrics will have to do with fuel prices. Uh-huh. You watch. Oh, 10 people asked me last week, this week, when we were talking about the Mustang, they wanted to know, okay, fine, you don't ever have to go to a gas station again. Right. How much do you have to spend on electricity to charge it up overnight? You know, I didn't, I, it's a hard number to come to. Because you just don't know, you know, it's hard to compare your electric bill one day to and the find next. Find out which part of it, right? Is, yeah. Did you did you leave a light on that could? It, but 
the experts, whoever they are, say around a dollar a day in most places. It's a lot cheaper than gas. It's a lot cheaper than gas. Let's talk to Cheryl in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Cheryl, welcome. Thank you for holding. How could I help you? Well, thank you, not knuckleheads. I don't think Kevin was listening. I don't think Kevin was listening. I missed the the knucklehead part. Yeah, yeah. He kind of alluded to the fact that you might be one. Maybe. (laughs) Well, it could be absolutely. It could happen. But I am absolutely it could, or it had has already happened. Yes. But I have a 2010 uh, Honda CRV. Have absolutely loved it. Have had no issues with it. And I'm in the market, and I've looked at the CX3030, the um, Honda HRV, and the Crosstrek. Yeah. And I've done some research on the uh, you know CTV transmissions versus the CX30 still has the automatic transmission. Right. What are your thoughts on that? And I'm just you know drive to work, you know single person, don't have kids. What do you think? For me, it would be between the Crosstrek and the CX30. And they're very that different. Is they're very different vehicles. And there's nothing wrong with the CRV. It's just not an exciting SUV. It's a good SUV, and it's a Honda, so it'll go forever. But the difference is going to be the CX-30 is going to be a much sportier ride and drive. That is that is the DNA of a Mazda. And okay. quality-wise, I'll put Mazda up there with Honda and Toyota any day of the week. I think they're just as good. And I think they'll go as long. Now, the real plus of the Crosstrek is the EyeSight safety system. And so if if safety is even a little bit of a concern for you, then I would go with the mm-hmm. Subaru. I'd go with the Subaru Crosstrek. Um, th- th- let me tell you about th- the first CVT I ever drove was in 1985 in a Subaru. And they've been building that CVT ever since. And trust me when I tell you, they've got it down. Now, they've also got a fantastic symmetrical all-wheel drive system. But you're not going to use that much where you live, uh, unless you go to the mountains. Um, Sure. But it's still the eyesight system. Uh, I will tell you, Cheryl, we had a listener that it it, it literally saved their life. Um, What you've got there is you've got two cameras mounted high on the windshield that scan the road constantly. If you you take your eyes off the road and you start to drift over to the white line, either side, it'll correct it for you. It has got a real emergency braking system. Most of the systems out there are mitigation systems, meaning – that it will slow you down to minimize the damage, but the Subaru will bring you to a complete stop. Okay. And I got to tell you, it's so easy these days, especially with traffic and our cell phones and the cars that have all these features in them that you're just going to love, but so many of them you have to take your eyes off the road. And the listener that saved their life, she it was brand new. I talked her husband into to getting eyesight back when it was optional. 
she was fiddling with her radio, and when she looked up, traffic had stopped in front of her, and before she could get her foot on the brake, the, the cross track stopped itself. For those reasons, I'd go with the Subaru. And I've got great dealers for all those at CarPro USA. Hey, cars don't go 200,000 miles anymore. Well, actually, some do. Find out which ones. Call CarPro USA at 1 800 926 7777. This is CarPro USA. Straight talk and honest answers about everything automotive, and that includes the economics of the automotive business, too. Um, we frequently talk about what's going on in the auto industry as being kind of reflective of what's going on in Main Street, not necessarily Wall Street. Oh, the, except did you notice that Ford and GM stock both has been on a run yeah. the last week and a half? Yeah, and they both needed it. Yeah, they both did. The, the thing I was going to point out, that article that you had in the newsletter this week about uh, down payments and monthly payments on vehicles both were up in the fourth quarter, even with all the incentives and the deals and all that kind of stuff. Um, we hear about all the unemployment, all the people that are suffering because of COVID and everything, but people are spending more money on cars. Well, they were, and the the thing that you kind of have to to realize is... Temper what I'm saying, you're saying? Yes, when when vehicles get short in supply, like they were because of COVID, then the prices go up supply and demand exactly and and it wasn't it wasn't drastically oh, it's up. like a hundred and something some bucks a month you know the the amount financed from fourth quarter of 2019 to fourth quarter of 2020 was up about eighteen hundred dollars that's a sizable that's pretty substantial yeah and and people financed longer in the fourth quarter of 2020 because of that higher amount financed to get the payments down it keeps creeping up doesn't it it does it does but again it was just it was a when people can't get exactly what they want and they and they need a car and they know that supply is short they always pay more and and that's that's just the nature of the business mm -hmm. let's go to gabriel in ontario california hello gabriel how can i help you Hey, how you doing? Doing good, my friend. What's it's on your mind? In, it's raining here in Ontario. Um, I have a 67 Chevelle that uh, I just put a rebuilt, completely rebuilt motor in it. Yeah. Um, it's a big block 454. I've been recommended like three different uh, break-in periods. What's your recommendation on that? You know, I, I, I would take it real easy on it up to 500 miles. And... And then after that, I think you'd be fine. Um, and newer okay. cars, these cars today, for the past decade or so, there is no braking period. They 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 run the engines at the factories before they ever put them in the cars. But going back to what you've got, uh, a '67 model with you know an old school engine, I'd 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 go easy for 500 miles. Now, should I change the oil between the 500 miles? You know, I wouldn't. I don't see. I don't see any need in that. Um, I, I'm positive it didn't come with what we used to call braking oil. I'm sure it came probably yeah. with a probably came I, with synthetic. 
No, I put in uh, I put in braking oil. Oh, you did? Well, then I probably yes, I, I, I would. It, it, it again, it's about that five hundred mile mark. I would I would change the oil, and I'd probably go with synthetic with a four fifty four, mobile one or something along those lines. Okay. Pennzoil's got a really good platinum oil that's synthetic uh, that that I've had great luck with through the years, but. The gearheads tell you Mobile One, and that's what comes from the factory in a new Corvette. So Mobile One synthetic. Yep, that's what I'd do if it were my car. Okay. And then um, they also recommended not put it on the freeway until about 500 miles. You know, I, 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 for me, I wouldn't worry about that. I think acceleration is what you're trying to avoid. So not getting on it real hard, not straining it. But if you if you get on the freeway gradually and, and run, uh, you know, 55, 60 when you can um, in California, which probably going to be at night. <laughs> but, you know, and, and, and the other thing you want to avoid is is keep maintaining the exact same speed. Vary that speed. So, you know, give it about a 10 mile per hour variance. So don't stay at 55 for more than a few minutes and then go up to 60 and then back down to 55 or up to 65 or somewhere in that area. And I think that'll be better. I think that'll be better on that engine for braking purposes. Sounds like a great car. You're going to have fun with it. I'd, I'd, I'd want to get the 500 miles on it as quick as I could so I could really drive it. But that's just me. And everybody knows I got a heavy foot. So I appreciate the call very much. Take care. CarPro USA. Dot com. That's the website. That's where you subscribe to the newsletter. That's where you look at our search engine on the front page. Because every car you find there, whether it be new, used, or certified, is going to be at a CarPro certified dealer that I have handpicked. Right this minute, there's 34,274 new and used vehicles in stock. You might even be able to trade a boat in on a car. Ask Jerry Reynolds at CarPro USA, 1-800-926-7777. And to Baytown, Texas we go. Grady, welcome. How can I help you? Hey, guys. My wife and I love your show. Thank uh, you, sir. Sir? Currently, I'm in a 2018 Lariat. I got 40,000 miles, 3.5 with the twin turbos. I'm looking at the 2021 uh, F-150 3.5 uh, with the FX4 package, the Lariat. Yeah. Uh, looking, uh, I know March is truck month. I've talked with some people, and they said that uh, during March, they probably won't be doing any specials on these 2021 Lariats. They're probably going to be trying to move the stock of the 2020 out. So I'm looking for the uh, best uh, time, I guess, to, to get a good deal on this uh, truck. Yeah, and it, I have- it's going to be hard to say, Grady, because COVID changed the delivery of the 2021. And they kept building 2020s longer than they intended to. So that's got the inventory up. That means that they're going to put the big incentives on the 2020s so that the 20 so that the, the 2021 if 
if the prices are too close together, everybody's going to do the 2021, right? Because it's new and improved. So, you know, I don't think maybe by March we'll see incentives on the 2021s. I think the 2020s will get even better, and they're good now. I mean, in, in the Texas market, XLTs and, and, and that have got $5,500 in rebates before the discounts. Uh, but I, I, I tend to agree with what you were told, that we won't see anything on the 2021s during truck month. We'll probably see a little bit, but not much. And I got to tell you, these things are flying off the lot. As soon as they come in, yeah. they're gone. And so many of them were special ordered. I've never seen a vehicle that had so many orders in before, especially the hybrid version. Uh, so timing-wise, if you can hold off until probably June or July, I imagine the 2020s will be gone by then, or at least mostly gone, and they will have started to incentivize uh, the 2021s, and I think production will come up too, uh, especially because there's been some COVID-related parts shortages. So if you can wait till summer, I think that'll help. Tom Ball Ford is my dealer. $100,000 on a Benz truck. People who think paying cash gets you a better deal in a car are, well, wrong. Just left the dealership and we turn it up. Find out why at CarPro USA. 1-800-926-7777. This Hour of Car Pro USA is brought to you by Progressive, making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. Give them a call, look at their website, Progressive.com, see what they can do for you. Jerry, I've been getting more questions from people that I just run into at the grocery store or wherever, asking me, gee, since I'm not driving very much, I'm not putting miles on the car, but it's been over a year since I've changed oil. Yes. I haven't hit the mileage requirement, but should I go ahead and change it anyway because of the time that's gone by since yes, the last oil change? You should. You should change it once a year or my, you know, depending on the car, whether it's or the mileage or the mileage, one of the two. But yeah, uh, age, age will break down oil as well. Uh, not near as hard on oil as, you know, the car running and getting hot and that sort of thing, but still. The, the chemical compound changes after about a year, they tell me. So I always recommend a year. Sounds good. I think it probably does. Let's talk to Grant in the Lake, California. Grant, welcome. Good morning, Jerry and Kevin. I'm out here in June Lake, California. Oh, good to have you, buddy. Um, thanks. I enjoy your show. Uh, just as a precursor, I am planning to move to the Dallas area from California uh, sometime probably at the end of the winter or early spring. And my car-related question is, is that I have a 2011 Ford F-250 Super Duty Diesel Lariat, yeah. four-wheel drive. It's, it's loaded. It's coming up on 10 years old. It's in mint condition and only has 74,000 miles on it. Oh, my goodness. Now, I don't. That's a yeah, very, very valuable truck. It is. And I love the truck. I don't tow anything. I don't need anything that big except for that one day a year when I got to put some lumber or something in there for a project. 
But I love the ride. I love it being up. I love when I live in the mountains here and we get snow or ice that I feel safe. And uh, it, it, it's great even on a long haul if I take a trip out of state on vacation to throw my bikes in or sure. something like that. So my plan is to move to Texas with my truck, uh, with my belongings that I'm going to be bringing in my truck with me. And then to sell it there, and since I'm buying a business there, my business would be purchasing me a new truck, and I plan to buy the same thing. Now, my question is, does Ford have a electric version of the Super Duty anywhere in the near-term plans? Because I would purchase the truck either later this year or wait till next year if that was a possibility that, that something like that might be coming along. Not that gas is going to be an issue in Texas like it is here. Well, I have not heard of anything on the horizon like a three-quarter ton, you know, hybrid. I, I would love to see them do a hybrid diesel. Uh, I think that would be the, the, the best of two worlds. But the trucks the trucks are so heavy that I think they, they've – I'm sure they've thought of it, but they just haven't probably been able to perfect it. And Ford doesn't mess around with Ford trucks. I mean, it's their crown jewel. They don't take risk with those. So I would I would tell you that the newer trucks, yours being ten years old, are, are lighter than what you've got today. And they've they've gone to aluminum bodies and they have found ways to cut weight. They found ways to get more horsepower and more torque out of the diesel engines today than they did when your truck was new. Uh, so I think you'll you'll probably just want to buy a F-250 with a 6.7 power stroke, which is a great engine, um, as you know, because you've got one. Uh, but, but they've become more fuel efficient as we've gone along. So you'll have some savings there. Uh, your truck in Texas is worth a fortune. You're 2011. Oh, well, yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 a it's a great truck. I love it. Consequently, I had a 2007 uh, F250 Super Duty, and it was lemon lawed in California, and they gave me back almost full purchase price after four years on the truck, which is how I ended up in the 2011. And the one thing I thought about was, well, I don't want another diesel because I didn't want the noise and the smell. But when I Walked to the dealership to go look at F-150s at the time in 2011. I almost walked right in front of somebody test driving a new 2011 F-250 because I couldn't hear the engine. Well, the six, <laughs> the six seven is <laughs> is super quiet. I mean, you can order it's like a car. I, I've said many times on the air here, you know, with with the six seven, you can order food at a drive-through. You can talk to the bank teller. Without shutting the engine off. Turn the engine off. You're, yeah. You're, you're right. And I used to park it in my double deep garage when I had a house with a garage, and you could warm it up in the garage, and it didn't smell like diesel when you walked out. Yeah. It's all, it's yeah. a, when Ford made their own diesel for the first time starting in 2011, it was a game changer. And that mm-hmm. engine has been amazing since then. Get in touch with me when you get to Dallas. I don't know what part of Dallas, but I've got four. Fantastic Ford dealerships, part of my network in Dallas, all owned by the same gentleman who I've known for 40 years. Uh, and they, you talk about rolling out the red carpet. Uh, I, and when you get here, I'll tell you how to find out what your truck is worth before you take it in to one of the five-star Ford dealerships because I've got a buyer uh, at GiveMeTheVin.com, and he is 
diesel crazy. Uh, he pays more than anybody. He pays more than dealers. So with that, I look forward to you getting here. You'll love it here. But uh, those days of uh, those days of snow, uh, pretty much going to be gone. Good to talk to you, my friend. You take care. And let's talk to Tom in Seal Beach, California. Tom, welcome. Hello, sir. Hi yeah, there. I was wondering why, and uh, I was wondering what uh, your opinion is if you think that Honda will bring the element back. No, I do not. I don't see no. that happening no. at all. There's been some internet rumors, and there's there's scammers out there that just love to <laughs> talk about vehicles that were popular a long time ago, and and they'll even go to a lot of the trouble to put pictures up that they've manufactured, and all they're trying to do is get oh. people to click on their site because the ads that are on their site, they're mm-hmm. pay, pay-per-click, so they're just trying to get clicks, but... Yeah, I've never, I've never uh, researched anything on it. I just, I heard your show and I thought, hey, I ask him. Well, the, I, unfortunately, um, and it's, I, the, it's the rear, it's the rear passenger door on the driver's side that, that you know they open suicide. Right. And and it's the only one that I can, the only vehicle I can find without buying a handicap van for my wheelchair. Yeah. I can get in this by myself, you know, and I don't have to take somebody to put it in the back for me and. Yeah, everything. No, is I get there it. Another car out there that has that suicide rear door. There really isn't uh, nothing that comes yeah. to my mind. I mean, you probably hate this idea, but I know I have something modified. But you can, but most people, yeah. most people want they want the minivans for that because of the sliding door and how easy it is to get in and out of one of those. So I, I don't know of anything like the suicide doors. There's some pickups that are that way, but. Those don't, they don't convert easily because of the height. You, you, your lift has got to be so, uh, you've got to have so much travel on your lift to use a pickup. It's very, very difficult. Uh, I'd keep your element as long as you can, but I don't think Honda's bringing it back. The last few years of sales of element were dismal. There are a lot of choices in cars, trucks, and SUVs. Find out what the right one is for you at CarPro USA. 1-800-926-7777. This is CarPro USA, Kevin McCarthy, Jerry Reynolds. We're here every weekend, same time, same station. Don't forget, though, that our website, of course, is up 24-7 and is chock-a-block full of the latest reviews, the latest car pro news, the latest automotive news, and Jerry's frequently asked questions answers. I mean, you can put the questions up there. Okay, these are our most frequently asked questions. Eh, that doesn't help much. The (laughs) answers to the FAQs. Those are where the gold is. And I wrote every one of the answers myself. You're not going to find cut and paste articles or anything like that. I, I took the time to to write them because it's 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 a permanent part of my record. Yeah. Just like in school. Oh, it's the permanent record? Uh, <laughs> oh, this is going to go down on your promo. <laughs> oh, no. Let's talk to BJ. BJ, how can I help you? Yeah. Uh, I have a 2009 custom-built. Uh, in Austin Sportsmobile, 
I'm in California, but the people in Texas did an amazing job. Um, anyway, it's a diesel with the International Harvester. Yeah. I'm looking for a towable. Um, initially, I wanted an electric vehicle because obviously gas prices here in California are outrageous. Um, but my insurance said that the um, electrics I was looking at would really jump my rate. So I've been looking now I'm looking for a hybrid, but worried about the, having two engines, the maintenance cost. And I also need something that will sit up um, comfortably for a 35-inch inseam and a 36-inch sleeve length. So I need a flip-up armrest, and my scoliosis means that I'm very short-waisted. So that's why I need a flip-up armrest on there. Um, as a result, the Toyota and the Honda are definitely not comfortable. Um and with my scoliosis, I'm likely to shrink even more in my back. So I'm looking for a suggestion of a hybrid that might sit high enough and have the proportions that would work and be affordable um, to maintain and work as a towable behind my International Harvester diesel engine which, as you know, is noisier than the new Ford engine. Uh, yeah. But. BJ, I have I have a real trouble with size questions. They're very difficult for me because unless I'm built just like you, I can't know what you're going to be comfortable in. Um, I, I think the first – I think step one is you find out of the list of vehicles that you can tow for flat – uh, a lot of people call it dinghy towing. Of those vehicles, which ones are the most appealing to you? And then you're probably just going to have to go do some test drives um, and see what you think. I've got good dealers that will help you all through there. And at my website, uh, carprousa.com, on the FAQ tab, uh, I've got a lot of different topics there. But the one that you're going to want to read, uh, and I'm looking at it right now. Um, it's, it's all wheel drive towing and axle ratios. And there's an article that I wrote there that's, that's called the best car to tow behind my RV. I walk you through finding the list because it changes every year. Uh, some vehicles that the factory says you can tow flat last year, aren't able to this year and vice versa. So I take you to that list and then you can look and see which ones are hybrid, which ones are all gas, which ones you think might be comfortable for you in your particular situation. Uh, flip down armrest on almost all of them, that's not going to be a problem. It's it's getting in and out and what you're comfortable in once you do get in. And that's something I just can't help with. I wish I could. You can't get advice from that friend who thinks he knows a lot about cars. Right. Or you can get the facts from Jerry Reynolds at CarPro USA. Call 1 800 926 7777. Here at CarPro USA, Jerry talks about two kinds of test drives the five and ten minute test drive on the well traveled path, path around the block of the dealership. 
and a, quote, proper test drive. Yes, big I difference. I think you're going to like the five-star ratings I have here for CarPro manager Greg Huber and Bob Smith BMW in Calabasas, California. guy named Robert said Bob Smith BMW was the only dealership he'd ever been to that encouraged him to take more than a proper test drive. They gave him the keys to a 3-series Beamer. He took it out in some winding roads, up and down, hilly terrain, let it rip on some long, flat spots, hit the brakes hard, did all the things that he might ever do in the car, brought it back after about an hour and went, you know, this thing drives pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, it does. (laughs) He... uh, wasn't trading that day. He said he'd have to come back the next day to pick up his new BMW because the car he drove to the dealership in, he was going to keep. Oh. Greg said, well, I'll follow you home. We'll have a guy follow me and we'll, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, he lives an hour away. Yeah. Of course they did it anyway. Sure. Five-star rating. Because he was a Car Pro Show listener. Yes. But wait, there's more. Oh, wow. Bob Smith got another five-star rating from a listener named Warren who bought a certified pre-owned BMW convertible. The deal took almost three hours. Unusual for yeah, car why? Well, a little over an hour of that was his test drive. Well. <laughs> so people are listening and taking those proper test drives to find out how the, how the car drives, not just around the block. Yeah, and if you go through our website and get your VIP certificate, they will let you go on a test drive all by yourself, and that makes a huge difference. You don't have a salesperson yammering in your ear the entire time you're trying to concentrate on, is this the car I really want? Use our website. It's helpful. Most people don't even know if they could do better leasing a car than buying one. Find out from CarPro USA at 1-800-926-7777.